word of worship. Oh, come all ye faithful, all ye that believe that he is the Lord, that he is Christ, that he is the Messiah, and let us adore him. Oh my God, I thank God for being here in this season. I thank God for the worship that has gone forth. I thank God for this season of Advent, this season of anticipation, this season of, of wondering what God will do next. Amen, because I'm expecting some great things from him. I know we, we some, some, sometimes get so caught up on what we will receive, but sometimes just think, what are you going to do next? Through Christ, we are the faithful. We are the ones who are in Christ. We are the ones that are to share the gospel. Stop thinking about so much of what we can receive and just think a little bit more about what we can share. And there's no greater gift that we can share other than Christ is Lord. Amen. Truly, we thank God for being here for another day. I, I, uh, Spoke to my son and I told him that uh, he could take a break for a little bit. And I said three weeks, but I was thinking, well, maybe that third week I let him come on back. But he said, you said you was going to preach today. <laughs> and I got a whole truth to what I said. And God did tell me to do it in three parts. And so, uh, it matter of fact, when I started my ministry, it wasn't intentional. I was in the word and God told me to write it down. And I said, well, I'll write it down and I'll share it with somebody else to preach. And I was trying to get, hey, this is a good word here. I'm trying to give it, but nobody will receive. And I'm glad I did write it down because a lot of the things that I was writing down, God was intended for me to share. So I thank God for that. And this might have been, this is one of those times. Amen. Amen. We thank God for just another opportunity. We're still going to be in the book of John uh, chapter 14. Uh, if you remember, we were in verse one as we journeyed through, uh, we got an in-depth study of how Jesus is not a way. We saw how Jesus is the way and there is no other way to the father, but through the son. You can't get there through Buddha. You can't get there through Muhammad. You cannot get there through Allah, the only way to the Father is through the Son. We saw how Jesus is the way. Last week we talked about how Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the truth. He is not one of many truths. He is, doesn't share his stage with humanism. He doesn't share his stage with society's opinion. God doesn't share his stage with Scientologists, I hear you over there, Ben. And he doesn't share his stage with society. He is the truth. He is the truth for today. He is the truth at the beginning of existence. He's the truth forever. And today we're going into Jesus is the life. And there's no other joy in life than Jesus. There's no other hope in life. There's no other purpose in life. But Jesus, amen, we talking about the advent of, uh, of the season of Advent. We see how uh, if you really look, the society actually starts preparing for 
uh, Jesus or Christmas season early. Now, they might have other purposes, but they start at the end of uh, Thanksgiving on Black Friday. So if you look at it for about a month, they are preparing for the coming of Jesus. So we thought that we would just for this month, just a whole week we were in uh, Acts. We said we would go into a little different study and we go into uh, Jesus for the whole time. So we get a better understanding of who it is we are celebrating because we can also get caught up in the hustle and bustle of, of life that we forget who we are celebrating, trying to be helpful to some people, but we don't, we lose focus on the way to really actually help them. Gifts does good things. A good smile does good things. A Merry Christmas does good things, but nothing does a better job than sharing the word with all that we can come across. Amen. <clears throat> So our scripture for the day is coming, as I said, in chapter in John, chapter 14. And we'll begin today at verse 12. Amen. Verse 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word of truth, God. We thank you for showing yourself through your Son, God. We thank you for your pouring him out even unto this dying world, filled with people who even deny you, who reject you. God, we thank you. In spite of, we pray that your spirit is poured out in us in such a way that we are revealed as righteous as we share your holy gospel. God, we pray that with your spirit that we continue to speak your word of life and that regardless of the reception we receive, that we continue to walk in your life. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Now, we're still in an intimate setting Jesus was having right immediately after the Last Supper. He's talking to his disciples. If you even go look back in 13, he shared it in such a way that 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 he 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 was painting, John was painting a picture of what it was like being there with Jesus at this time. And in verse 13, he said, Truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at one another, uncertain of whom he spoke. One of his disciples, whom Jesus loved, was reclining at Jesus' side. So Simon Peter motioned to him to ask Jesus of whom he was speaking. So that disciple, leaning back against Jesus, said to him, Lord, is it I? So they were chilling. They were intimate. They were relaxed. They even said that they were reclining. Now, we think of reclining as in these recliners that we have today with the sofas that go back to chairs that are so comfortable. But in their reclining, I don't think they were quite that relaxed, but they were relaxed enough that they could talk one or to one another and they could whisper. And Jesus wasn't preaching a sermon. He was talking to them, preparing them for what was to come. And as he was speaking, I, I love how John betrays himself. He says, the one Jesus loved. 
he's always portrayed himself as the beloved disciple. And, and I, I knew I know somebody like that. I, I feel that way, too. I feel like I'm one of God's favorite. I feel like I am God's beloved. And each and every one of us should feel that way. So I can see where John is coming from. when He says he is the beloved disciples. But we all know Jesus loved every one of them. Amen. And he said, ask the beloved disciple. He, he, he asked uh, Peter asked John to ask Jesus, was it him that would betray him? And John called himself that way. But 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 it was so comfortable. I don't know why Peter, who was so bold, you know, he would step up and say, you know, he cut the ear off later on of the guy that was about to take Jesus off. But at this point, he I, I don't know how he was feeling, but he wasn't bold enough to ask him himself. He asked John to ask was he the one? So I was just painting a picture how, showing the picture how John was painting. Now, now, as we go to church, especially when I was young, behind me, you would always see that picture of the Last Supper with Jesus in the middle and disciples on each side. That was painted by Da Vinci. John was painting this picture to let you see just how intimate it was just the setting that he was when he was talking, how Jesus was talking to them. And, and back into our text in 14 down to verse 22, it says, Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, if anyone believes me, he will keep my word and my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my word. Now, Jude was like me and both of my sons worried about what everybody else is doing. Jude was looking over there and wanted to see what everybody was doing. But and he was asking, he asked him, God, how come you won't show yourself to everybody else? You know, he wanted to know what Jesus' job was. But Jesus told him that that's not your job. Focus on your job. And your job is to, if you love me, keep my commandments. You and no one else can keep my commandments if you do not love me. That's all you got to worry about. Love me and keep my commandments. I've got to do what I've got to do. And while I'm doing that, you've got to continue to love me and you've got to continue to keep my commandments. That brings us to our first point. Believe in life. Believe in life. So, so many people talk about how they believe in God and how they trust God, but they truly don't believe. If you think about it, they trust and believe in other things. But in John 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light 
lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it is clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. See, the light has come to the world, and his life is our light. If you want to know his life, follow his light. Stay with him so closely that his light shines upon you. Stay with him so his light shines upon you. And then you'll realize the light that is shining on you, through you, the people see is not yours. It's his light that is shining on you. Jesus said in Matthew 15, like your Matthew 5 and 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. Don't worry about what men say to you. Don't worry about how you are received because the world comprehendeth the light not. So they will not comprehend you. You just keep on doing what you're doing. They won't understand all the time, but you continue walking and shining the light that's shining upon you. But if you really look and talk and did a survey of the world, you'll find out that People believe in death more than they believe in life. People believe in death. There are so many people think that you live, you die, and that's it. They show their beliefs by their actions. If they truly believe that God, through his son, could give eternal life, what is this life that we live now? This three score plus 10, these 70 and whatever extra or less we get. What is it compared to eternity? Why wouldn't you trust in something like that? If you believe that you will walk therein. That's why I say they believe death more than they do life. That's the hard thing about the people with that verse. It's the eternal life for God. So they know Jesus lived. They know that he walked. But they could not conceive eternal life because it's nothing that they've seen before. They don't know what happens after here. And the ones that left have not come back to tell us what happens after here. But as believers, that is one of the essential things that we must believe in eternal life. Because Jesus is the life. And I'm so glad that I know him. I'm so glad that I know what he has done because in his natural life, he's done some great things here on earth. See, Jesus performed over 44 recorded miracles. Those miracles were amazing, yet they were isolated. They would help and bless the ones that he blessed. Even though when he fed the 5,000 with the two fishes and five loaves, even though he fed all of them, it still was just for them. When he healed the, the blind man, it, that blessing was for the blind man. When he caused the lame to walk, that blessing was for those that he touched at that time. But I'm so glad that I know him and I'm so glad that I know what he can do. But that's not what he came to do. His greatest blessing was that he died on the cross for me. His greatest blessing when he crawled up, the, when he carried that cross up Calvary's mount and died for me. Word says he was wounded for my transgression. He was bruised for my iniquities. Amen. I'm so glad that I know that so I can don't have to get caught up 
on those things, the miracles and things that he did. And so when, 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 when God speaks of the works that he does, when he speaks of the works that he did, and, and he, he does so in John 14, I think that's what I started with, John 14, 12 and 14. It says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do. Because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this will I do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. That brings us to our second point. Exercise your beliefs. Exercise your beliefs. If you believe, show your beliefs. Now, now we, uh, I talked earlier about the works of Jesus and, and people get caught up on his miracles. His miracles were good. His miracles were wonderful. But it, 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 it don't get so focused on the miracles that you miss his works. His miracles weren't his works. His works was when he was ministering to the woman at the well. His miracles, his works was when he was talking to the eunuch and with his works when he was talking to the least of them teaching and making disciples of men. That was his works. His miracles were so that you can believe he is the son of God. He did that just so that they can understand and trust who he is. Amen. His works was what he did. His work was dying on the cross. The other things were just gravy. And, and, and even today, people so much looking for the works of God, the miracles of God, but it's, it, it, it's when you're ministering to, to the one that's homeless down on, 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 on the bench, when you minister to those that are just sitting on the ground trying to get a bite to eat, that's when you do the works of God. It's not the great and mighty things you do. It's the least of things that God is watching. Those are the works he's looking for us to do. And if we trust him, we will do his works. We will exercise our trust by what we do. We'll exercise our beliefs by the way we walk. It's so easy to say that I have uh, become a member, that I'm a, a, a member of this church or that church, and then you, you join the role, and, and then nothing changes in your life except you come to, sun, come to church every now and then on Sundays. Now it's changed. Now you just turn it on and post and, and say you did this or say a, a couple of scriptures that you've heard. And, and that is what being a Christian about. But that is not the work that God expects of us. Now, yes, it can do some good things that way. You can reach some people. I'm not against social media. I got a lot of gray hair and I'm not on it much. So I, I'm not completely sold on social media. So I'm not going to discount what you're doing on social media, but it's very important what you do to the people you see. Amen. You're doing all that to those that you don't see. You don't know who the, a lot of times who these people are. And then the people you see, you walk right by, ignore, and you, you pass them by. But it's what you do to who you see that counts the most. Amen. So brings us down to our last. Oh, oh, before I say that, I was talking about the miracles, how 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 God did how Jesus did the miracles. So you believe uh, if you remember in, in Mark, he said that the, a man came to him that was 
uh, sick that was paralyzed and, and they brought the man to him. And when the man came, Jesus looked at him and he asked the man, do you your sins be? He didn't ask. He said, your sins be forgiven thee. Now, now, everybody looked at him. They said, Jesus blasphemes. But Jesus said, which would be easier for me to say your sins be forgiven or for me to tell him to get up and walk to show you that I'm able to forgive sins. Man, get up your bed and walk in your forgiveness. See, Jesus did those things to show what he could do. He was able, but his main works was to preach and let them know who he was and the miracles was to show who he was. It wasn't the work. It was the evidence. Amen. So it brings us to our, our last and final point. Live the life you speak. If you tell someone you are saved, that only goes so far. Live the life. Walk the life. Talk the life. Spread the life. John 14 verse 15 says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot conceive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you yet a little while. And the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live. You also will live in that day. You will know that I am in my father and you in me and I in you. If you love me, Jesus said, keep my commandments. Matthew 22, Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. I said that because even when Jesus, when he was ministering to them, they said, what are the greatest commandments? And, and Jesus was letting them know love, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might and love your neighbor as yourself. He's saying that love your neighbor. Then you are showing your love for him. He's saying I'm leaving, but you won't be alone. A helper is coming. The spirit is coming that the world won't be able to conceive, that the world will not understand. He said he had to leave, but it will be for a short time. Not a word about him dying. He said he had to leave, but he will see you. He said, and by seeing his life, they will know that they can live. Now, he said that. Even though he had not yet died, he didn't know what they were going to. But he said that you will see me. He was letting them know that even after I die, you will see me again. And he said, when you see me, you will see my life up again. And when you see my life up again, then you will know that you will live. 
Hallelujah. Now, everybody can't, don't get a glimpse of what it will be after death. But Jesus showed specific disciples exactly what to expect after death, life. If you are in him, after death comes life. If you are one of his, after death comes life. And he was letting his disciples know that they will truly live and that when they don't see him, they won't see him. Not because he's dead. They won't see him because he's with the father. They won't see him because the father is him, is in him, and he is in the father. And he said that I will be in you. He said, I will live and you will live also. Uh, last week, I talked a lot of the prophecies of Isaiah. I've got to do one more before we before we close. It's my last point, but it's a long point. I'm sorry. It's a long one. Jesus is life. I can't do it in the short term. I, I, I had so many more scriptures, but let me get to Isaiah 56, verse one. It says, thus saith the Lord, keep justice and do righteousness. For soon my salvation will come and my righteousness will be revealed. Blessed is the man who does this and the son of man who holds fast, who keeps the Sabbath, not profaning it and keeps his hand from doing any evil. Let not the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord say the Lord will surely separate me from his people and let not the unit say. Behold, I am a dry tree. For thus saith the Lord to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbath, who choose the things that please me and hold fast my covenant. I will give in my house and within my walls a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Do you see here? Isaiah says, keep justice and live right, for soon salvation is coming. We found last week that, that, that God actually took over 700 years from the time Isaiah said these words to the salvation of the Lord actually coming. We saw how he spoke to Isaiah and Isaiah recorded exactly what he said and how he said it. He talked about the future in past tense as if it had already happened. We saw how so many prophecies are, are made by men, were made by men about 1999 or 2012. We saw, we talked about how all those prophecies were made by soothsayers, by some prophets and by some even preachers. That their prophecies, they had come and they go and they were proven false. They say that this is true. That every they say that if this thing that I told you is true, it's proof to you that everything I say is true. That's what a lot of people try to get you hung up on. But I want you to know that a broken clock will be right twice a day. And I'm here to tell you that some people can say some things and it will be right. It will sound right and it might be right. But just because that is right don't mean everything is right. When you hear the truth, the truth is right. The whole thing, you can't just say this part is right, but take that. No, no, if, if this is wrong, then all of it is wrong is what I say. Don't leave it. If they, if they saying everything that they're saying, half, half of it is true, half of it, no, don't listen to them. If it's the truth, 
all of it will be the truth and you will not have to be questioning it. Amen. Isaiah told them that if you're with foreigners, stay there. See, see Isaiah was a complete stalk Jew. And so he, when he said the foreigners, that, I don't know if the, the word Gentile was out. So when he said foreigners, he was speaking of the Gentiles. He said, if you're with them, stay there. Don't leave. Don't say, God, please take me away from these nasty Gentiles. No, Isaiah said, if you're with them, stay there. He said, if you are a eunuch and you've been walking in truth, continue walking in truth because salvation is coming. He told him, keep my commandments. You will be blessed, eunuch, no matter who you are, no matter how low your name may be. You will be blessed with the highest name inside the walls. Stay there and live the life where you are because salvation is coming. And he was letting him know it's coming to everyone who believes, to the Jew or the Gentile, to the free or the bound, to the male, woman, or child. Isaiah said, salvation is coming to everyone that believes in the Son. We bring us to our last scripture, I hope. I hope. John 1 says, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Jesus. Jesus. In Jesus gave God us, God gave us the greatest gift of all, salvation to all who would receive, to all who believed in his name, to become the right to become children of God. For us, for unto us, a child is born, a son is given. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Prince of Peace, the Everlasting Father. Yes, a virgin shall conceive and his name shall be called Emmanuel. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. In Jesus, God gave us life. And whosoever shall call upon his name shall be saved. That's all it takes. If you believe when you're in distress, you will call on the one who you believe can help you. For so long, most of us called on the name mama or we called on dad. But they can help you for so far. They can help you for so long. But when you call on the name of Jesus in despair, 
No matter how hard the despair is, no matter how deep the deterrent may be, no matter how dark the day may be, if you call on the name of Jesus, believing that he is able, he will bring you out. Every time, every time, if you call on the name of Jesus, everybody that calls on his name shall be saved. Oh, we trust God. We thank God for this word. Walking in the life. For Jesus is the life. No other hope, no other life, no other joy can be found in anything else but Jesus. You may try so many things. There are so many things out there now that I've never even, that I don't even know what to talk about. There's so much to do. There's so many distractions. There's so much to get you off. But the only thing that can bring joy, that can bring you peace, that can bring you contentment is Jesus. Try him. Try him. And walk in the life. Because truly, Jesus is the life. Let us pray. God, we are so thankful.